Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, I'm Chad Young. Doing something a little different today, which is I'm starting to record before all the games are over. Padres and Giants just taking too long for me, so couldn't wait. So we're going to get started, and hopefully they'll be done by the time I'm done. We're going to start off with some news and and start off right with this San Diego-San Francisco game as there was a scary moment in this one. Jerks and Profar injured in a collision in the field with C.J. Abrams. It looked like Abrams' knee caught Profar in the head or neck area. Profar got up to walk off the field and then seemed to collapse. Was had to be helped up again. He was taken to the hospital for further evaluation at this point. No further updates than that, but we will keep an eye out for now. Just hopefully Profar is okay. On to other notes. Aaron Judge out of the Yankees lineup on Thursday, but no real issue there. Boone called it some lower body soreness, said it was just something they didn't want to mess with. Seems like it's just a rest day. Hopefully it is. Judge has had some injury issues in the past and is just having a stellar season. It would be awful if he had to miss some time. Jeremy Pena, late scratch for the Astros due to illness, but will be traveling with the team for the next series in California. That suggests they were just being cautious and that he has not tested positive for COVID, which is good news. The rookie shortstop's been sensational again. Just be really frustrating for him to have to miss some time. Some players are going to miss time, of course. Michael Lorenzen hit the IL today with a right shoulder strain. He was pitching pretty well until his last couple starts, and I have to wonder if the shoulder was impacting that. Maybe that was creeping up on him over the last month or so. It might make him an interesting pickup once he's back. His spot in the rotation appears to be going to Reed Detmers. Detmers struck out 14 in his last AAA start, and he said he made an adjustment to his slider based on something he saw on film during his time in the minors. I will be watching that closely because there's a lot of talent in that kid, and if he did figure something out, he could get interesting real fast. Yusei Kikuchi also placed on the IL with a neck strain. He has really struggled all year, been particularly bad lately, so maybe the time off will help, but... Not really a lot to look forward to there. He was supposed to start Sundays, and the Jays are hopeful that Kevin Gaussman will be able to go then. They confirmed that his ankle is bruised and not fractured after taking a comebacker last time out, so hopefully he'll be ready to go. 
Ronzi Contreras made an excellent start for Pittsburgh on Thursday, going six innings, striking out seven, walking just one. He allowed a run on four hits and earned his third win. His reward for all that is a trip back to AAA Indy. Wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for him. He gave up a lot of hard contact and just 11 whiffs, but all in all, a really good start bouncing back from a disaster last time out. It sounds like this trip to AAA was planned in order to build in a break for Contreras. He's going to stay with the team through the All-Star break, make a couple of starts for Indy after that. Likely means he won't be making another major league start until maybe July 25th or so. If you can hold him through that window, especially in keeper and dynasty leagues, I would. If not, make plans to get him back around then. In a similar story, the Phillies option Bailey Falter to AAA after his start Thursday. Falter actually again had a pretty decent start, not unlike Contreras. He lasted only four innings, but struck out six and walked just one, allowed two runs on six hits. He had a 37% CSW. This was as good a start as Falter has had, and there's been a lot of bad for him. He's been excellent in AAA, so sort of a shame to send him down now. Need to wait to hear more about why they're doing that and what the plan is for him. The Rays option Vidal Bruyan to the minors to make room for Yu Chang. Bruyan hasn't been doing much and I don't expect Chang to do much, so not a lot of fantasy excitement here. Though the Rays do have a nice history of grabbing reclamation projects and reclaiming them. Chris Bassett will be activated off the COVID IL to start on Friday. If anyone dropped him when he hit the IL, he is worth picking up now. It sounds like Chris Sale, fresh off his childish tantrum at Worcester, will be back with the Red Sox next week and starting Tuesday. That rotation has been beat up lately, and having a guy with Cy Young upside join will certainly help a ton. You'll want to get him in your weekly lineups. Ty France activated off the IL for the Mariners on Thursday. He was back in the lineup at DH, hitting second, went one for four with a strikeout in that one. And finally, no official word, but reports that the Guardians are promoting Nolan Jones from AAA. Jones was once a highly touted prospect, but a lost 2020 and a rough start to 21 meant he didn't get to MLB as early as expected and really hurt his value. But he's basically hit at every stop, and a rough April and May of 2021 is the only aberration for a bat that has big power and good OBP skills. In deeper leagues, I would add him. I already started an auction for him in one of my auto-new leagues, and in shallower leagues, I'd be watching closely. By the way, while I was doing that, Jorge Alfaro did hit a game-winning single for the Padres and ended that one, so now all games are over which makes this the perfect time to jump into our on-field action. Rafael Devers, he is a really good baseball player. Garrett Cole is an excellent pitcher, but he has nothing for Devers. Devers hit two home runs off Cole Thursday, going two for three with a walk, two runs, and five RBIs. He now has six career home runs off Cole, and Cole is clearly perplexed. After the game, he said he was open to suggestions for how to get him out. You aren't alone, Garrett. Devers is a stud. Josh Donaldson did a grand slam in this one, his second home run in as many days, still waiting for him to get going, but he did do this earlier in the year, hit two home runs in two days, and it didn't stick. I've got Donaldson on a handful of teams, so it'd be nice to see him really take off. Mookie Betts also had a pair of home runs on Thursday. Since coming back from the IL a few days ago, he is 7 for 19 with three home runs and two doubles. Seems like he is healthy and fully back. Diego Castillo, 2 for 3 for the Pirates with a home run, a single, and a walk in game one of their doubleheader. He then went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts in the second game. Over the last three weeks, he has a 97 WRC plus despite a BAPIP of 100. He has hit seven home runs in that time frame, has a 22.2% barrel rate. He's had a great spring and has started to bounce up on 
on fantasy radars for that reason, but the season has not gone well. However, this recent power surge might be evidence of things turning around, though his K rate has jumped and his walk rate has dropped. I can see buying in on this hot streak, but if the plate discipline doesn't improve, I would back off quickly. Edward Alvarez had two hits and two runs on Thursday. Keep watching his playing time. He's now started five of the last six, and if that keeps up, he will have value. Derek Hall, 31 Major League plate appearances and already has four home runs for the Phillies. He hit the fourth on Thursday along with his second double. Hall's minor league career shows a pattern of struggling and then adjusting at new levels. First taste of high A was good. Second was great. His first taste of double A was bad. His second taste was very good. His first taste of triple A was only decent, but his second was great. I suspect pitchers will catch up to him, but he's shown a history of being able to adjust back. I would buy in now. If you're too late, I would watch for that slump, but if it comes, I would buy in on his ability to adjust and bounce back. Adley Rutschman did his fourth home run Thursday in a one-for-four effort. He hasn't exactly lit the world on fire, but keep being patient with him. The talent is real. J.D. Davis single doubled and hit a grand slam in a three-for-four night with the Mets driving in five and scoring three. Davis still isn't playing every day, but his X stats suggest he's been performing much better than his line looks. Since May 23rd, prior to Thursday's big night, he had a 115 WRC+. The bat is legit, and if the playing time follows, he'll be very useful. On April 28th, Cal Raleigh got sent down to AAA, came back to Seattle on May 7th after Tom Murphy got hurt. Since then, he had a 120 WRC plus going into Thursday night, and then on Thursday went two for three with his 11th home run on the year. That home run was also the hardest hit ball of his career. The minor league numbers always suggested there might be a big catcher bat in store, and now he is showing it. Really looks like he could become a star. Other home runs around the league on Thursday, Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve both hit home runs for the Astros. Donovan Solano hit his first and Tyler Naquin his sixth for the Reds. James McCann hit his second. Aaron Hicks hit his fifth. He also had a second triple on the air. Rookie Michael Harris in Atlanta hit his sixth. He also had two other hard hit balls in this one. Javi Baez hit his eighth, and it's just been an awful season for him. Speaking of awful seasons, Carson Kelly hit his second in what's been an even worse season. Gavin Lux hit his third home run, and Justin Turner hit his eighth. Turner has been on fire lately, finally starting to turn things around. Christopher Morrell keeps hitting. He now has nine. And Eugenio Suarez and Dylan Moore both hit home runs for the Mariners. Finally, Manny Machado hit his 13th for the Padres. In the speed front, O'Neill Cruz stole his second bag. Jorge Mateo is 21st. Brandon Marsh his fifth. Glaber Torres also stole his fifth. Dansby Swanson stole his 13th and his 14th. Paul Goldschmidt stole his fourth. Jonathan Scope stole his fifth. Garrett Hampson his third. Josh Rojas his sixth. Austin Slater his fifth. And Trent Grisham his third. Moving to the mound, the only logical place to start is Spencer Strider, who made all of Twitter turn into heart eye emojis. He got his first nine outs via the strikeout. When all was said and done, he'd gone six innings with 12 strikeouts and two walks, gave up just two hits and no runs. His 23 whiffs were easily the most of the night, and he had a stellar 41% CSW. He is going to make a very strong Rookie of the Year candidate. Justin Verlander's six innings of one earned run ball lowered his ERA to two on the year. He struck out eight and walked two. Just an absolutely incredible story as he looks like a legit Cy Young candidate. They're not my choice right now at age 39 and coming off Tommy John surgery. Bryce Wilson's been brutal this year, but was decent Thursday. Six and two-thirds, four runs, only one of them earned. Seven hits, four strikeouts, no walks. He had 11 whiffs, five of them on his slider, and a 33% CSW. This is not a reason to go roster Wilson, but always good to see someone having some success. 
Trevor Williams has been in and out of the Mets rotation, but may have earned himself some leash on Thursday. He went seven shutout versus Miami, striking out seven, allowing just two hits and no walks. He now has a 3.76 ERA, but don't let that fool you too much. As a starter, his ERA is 4.67. It's 2.00 as a reliever. This start featured 12 whiffs, 7 on a slider, a 30% CSW. Nick featured him in the SP Roundup today, so go check that out for more insight. Garrett Cole and Josh Winkowski both struggled with tough matchups, though honestly, Cole can chalk all of his struggles up to Devers. He went 6, struck out 7, walked 3, and gave up 5 runs Rafael drove all five of those in. Cole's had some walk issues lately, but still arguably the best in the game, at least until DeGrom gets back up. Winkowski gave up six over five. He had two strikeouts and five walks, a really rough go for him. This was really his first truly challenging matchup, and curious to see how he bounces back next time out at Tampa. Matthew Libertor struggled in his rookie season, but had a nice if short start Thursday going four innings without allowing a run. He only gave up three hits. He struck out four, but he walked three as well. In AAA, his walk rate had been fine, but he's walked 11.2% of hitters in MLB is walking more than five per nine. Nothing else he does is really going to matter until he gets that under control. Bo Brieski managed to go toe-to-toe with Dylan Cease. He had a no-hitter through five and finished with the win and a quality start, going six and a third shutout, allowing two hits and a walk while striking out four. I don't think Brieski is going to consistently be a useful fantasy piece, but he has been a big win for the Tigers. Cease, meanwhile, took the loss, giving up a run on six hits over six innings. He had his usual high strikeout, eight strikeouts, and high walk, three walks line. He is good enough to manage the walks, but it's hard for him to go deep into games because of them. Dallas Keuchel, with his first truly solid start, maybe of the season, and certainly since he got to Arizona, gave up just three earned runs on three hits in seven innings pitch, struck out four without allowing a walk. He has been really bad, and holding the Rockies in check on the road doesn't really change how I feel about him, but it was still a solid start. Tony Gonsolin continued his solid year, going seven innings, allowing two runs on four hits without a walk. He only had three strikeouts, and the K upside just really hasn't been very big for him this year, but he's been consistently solid, and no reason to think that won't continue. Speaking of limited Ks, Marco Gonzalez with a very Marco line, six and two-thirds, just three runs, two of them earned on eight hits, no walks, and no strikeouts. The lack of Ks continue to make him risky and low upside, but he has a 3.24 ERA on the year, and he's shown in the past that he can be effective like this. Logan Webb and Joe Musgrove put on a battle. Musgrove threw seven one-hit shutout innings. He did walk four and struck out six. Webb went a bit deeper, going eight, allowing one run on six hits and a walk with only two strikeouts. Musgrove was lined up for the win before, as we start our transition into the bullpens, Taylor Rogers blew the save. He hit Austin Slater with a pitch. Slater stole second and scored on Brandon Crawford single. Ryan Presley got his 18th save with a perfect ninth against Kansas City, including a strikeout. David Bednar now has 14 saves after closing out game one of the doubleheader with the Reds on Thursday. Sir Anthony Dominguez got his third save for Philly. All of them have come since June 18th. It's starting to look like he is the man for Philly, at least for now, and I think he has the talent to lock down that job. If you need saves, he is a good target. Jorge Lopez had some issues with the Twins last week, but got his 15th save Thursday closing out the Angels. I wondered if his leash in Baltimore might get short, but it looks like he's still locked into that role. Clay Holmes pitched a 1-2-3-9th versus Boston for his 16th save. Packy Naughton got a save for St. Louis. It's his first. It came in the 11th inning after Giovanni Gallegos blew the lead for the Cards in the 7th, and Ryan Helsley went 2 and a third, giving up just one unearned run to get the win. Naughton was the next man out, and so that save, not really meaningful, but still counts. 
Gregory Soto now has 17 saves despite giving up a run in the ninth to the White Sox. He continues to be good enough to hold that job for the Tigers. Mark Melanson gave up a ninth inning run in a tie game. That allowed Daniel Bard to come on for the Rockies and get his 17th save. And Craig Kimbrell got into trouble for the Dodgers. He gave up a run on two hits and a walk while striking out two, but ended up getting pulled so that Alex Vesia could come in and get his first save, striking out the only hitter he faced. Kimbrell still has a 2.00 FIP on the year, but he has been shaky all season. This is not a great sign for him. Let's turn things over to Mark Paquette to tell us about Friday's weather. Thank you very much. We have a couple of games to keep an eye on today uh, where where there's going to be some rain around, and those are both National League parks. One's in Cincinnati where the the Rays will be in town for an interleague series, and the other is St. Louis where the Phillies are coming to town. Uh, Doesn't look like these are like automatic washouts or anything. It's more like just monitors throughout the day as there will be some showers and thunderstorms around. Anyways, I'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a good one. Thanks, Mark. Taking a look at some of the interesting matchups coming up today, Luis Castillo and Shane McClanahan should be a super fun one. McClanahan in particular, the Reds are just not a very good offense, and he has been terrific this year. I'm very interested to see what Reed Detmers does against Baltimore, as I mentioned earlier. We may get a lopsided one in Boston as Nestor Cortez should be able to hold Boston in check, but I think Connor Siebold is in trouble for the Red Sox. I would look for the Yankees hitters to have a big, big day. The White Sox have been playing a lot better of late, and I'm curious to see what they do with Tarek Skubal, who's been struggling a bit lately. I think their hitters could end up having a big day. Skubal's had some issues with the home run ball, and that park is a very, very good power park. Finally, if you're looking for a streamer, JT Brubaker's been better lately, and I think he's going to do a pretty good job with the Brewers. He's facing off against Aaron Ashby, who's another guy who I'm just sort of curious to see what Ashby can do. He's been very good at times, but the overall line is not great so far hoping he can bounce back against Pittsburgh. Don't forget, as I mentioned, you want to read the SP Roundup, check out the batter's box and reliever ranks. With that, hope you have a good Friday. I'll be back with you tomorrow. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today. And for life, get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.